not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So while it's good to talk about serious things, it's just as important and just as American to have some fun. Now, let's have some fun. Alrighty, welcome back to Left, Right, Middle. My name is Eric. I'm Brian. And today we are going to be talking about the man of the hour, President Donald J. Trump. And specifically, what his re-election campaign looks like and his likelihood of actually pulling off an incumbent victory come November. I can't wait. He is certainly a complex individual, to say the absolute least. It's, uh, you, you know, this is one of those subjects where it, it is, every now and then you come across a subject that is either this or that. There is very little gray area. And, uh, you know, it's the, there's a lot of positives and a lot of negatives that come along with Donald Trump. And it really depends on what you want to look at. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if you look at just from a plain as day policy um, and what he's accomplished in office, then you can make a good case for him, honestly. But if you start to involve rhetoric and social issues and morality, things get much, much more hairy. So it really comes down to what you personally believe is most important for the country. Well, and, and that's one of the things that, that I was talking to someone about just the other day is, you know, people really only vote for one issue. Yeah. there There's typically one issue that is near and dear to their heart. Yep. You know, for some, it's the economy. Mm -hmm. For some, it's social uh, justice. Yeah. Uh, for some, it's health care. Absolutely. For some, it could be the prison system. Uh-huh. You know, it depends on, and that's why it's so crucial for these candidates to be dialed in on each one of these issues. Yeah. You know, for for some of them, it's foreign policy. Yeah. And so, um, really, what you, in my opinion, what you're hearing right now is is people that are voting on, on primarily one issue. Yeah. It, it bleeds into a couple subcategories absolutely um but th that's the hard part is y everybody's going to come down on on him differently just based off of the issues that, yeah. that they have you know yeah. and a lot of those are are conflicting issues for me mm -hmm. um you know it's there's a lot it this is a complex question when when you and i talked about doing doing the candidates yeah for this, I, I thought, oh yeah, that's going to be really easy. Uh huh. But then you start thinking about it, and you start really kind of putting things down and organizing your thoughts and and taking your emotions out of it. Yeah. And it, it becomes a much more complex issue. And absolutely. And emotions is the hardest thing to get out of an election. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at it, if you if you do um, remove the emotions from everything right now, we are in probably what will be one of the closest political races in our history as a country. We're going to see a repeat of what happened in uh, 2000 with Bush versus Gore, as well as kind of a um, what happened in 2016 in terms of how close things were, as well as, you know, the we might not know who the next president will be on November 3rd. And that's something that we haven't felt in 18 years. So it's yeah. it's a lot of uncertainty where we're entering. Well, and, and the emotion right now, you can't take emotion out of anything. 
Yeah. Not with all the protests that are going on, all the movements that are going on, all everything that's happening at one time. It's chaotic. Yeah. And it's extremely disturbing to to have to make this decision with all of these things going on. Exactly. It's it is one of the first times I think in recent memory where I can safely say whoever the outcome of this presidential election is it will have a very 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 serious impact on the direction that the nation goes and i don't know yet you know whether that'll be good or bad for either candidate but we do know that whichever person is you know sworn in in january has a monumental task ahead of them of trying to a heal a nation b stop a global pandemic as well as you know so Even just more broad stuff like climate change. So let me ask you this question. Can one candidate do that? Can can one candidate do all of that? No. And and that's that's kind of my what really kind of frustrates me a little bit is you have to kind of choose which one you want. Like, you do. You have to put economy above this. It also it or demonstrates that. the importance of down ballot races as well because, you know, Biden could win, but if the House and the Senate and the Senate flip back to Republicans, nothing's really going to change and vice versa. Right. You know, if uh, Trump wins reelection and then the Democrats are able to hold the House and retake the Senate, Trump's basically castrated for the next uh, at least two years until midterm elections. So it, it really does say that, yeah, one one candidate can't do it all. So what do you want, though? Do you want a president that can't do anything? because the house is, is going to block him, Or do you want there to be movement? Cause we can't stay where we are right now. No. And that's, that's what's broken. And I think in my heart, what I want is for, I, I in, in my head, I should say, I do believe that a straight Congress and Republic and uh, I'm sorry, not Republican straight Congress and um, executive branch, all being conservative or all being liberal is bad. Because it's blocking out a viewpoint that's really important to consider, even if, you know, some of these issues. Is it, though? Because look where we are right now. I mean, you you have a split between the two, Mm -hmm. and our nation, in my opinion, has never been worse than it is right now. And that's where it gets... As far as vocal protests go and... and, Oh, absolutely. And our economy. But you can't... A global global pandemic isn't something... It's not his fault. Yeah. Right? And, And I'm not defending him. I don't, I don't like the way he handled it. Yeah. And we're going to get into that in a few minutes. But uh-huh. you can't blame COVID-19 on him. No. And if you look at other countries, like, I mean, Italy, you know, a lot of developed nations handled this just as poorly in the beginning, you know. And it's hard because we're in the midst of it in America and it's continuing. But I think a lot of that has to do with the size of America as well as we're really like 50 countries sharing borders rather than one independent one. So it makes, you know, mass mandate, mass, not mask, uh, mandates very difficult to follow. But um, you're right. You can't blame him. And it's, you know, we're not the ones to say that if somebody else was in power or if we actually did quarantine in place and do all wear masks, we might be in the same position we are right now. We don't. No, just right. based off of the geography of this country being as unique as it is. Right. And I think, you know, you sit there and you watch it and you go, it's one of those situations where he's easy to blame. Exactly. Because he's so vocal about everything. Yes. And you look at it and you go, well, wait a second. 
I, I don't know that I can buy in to it's his fault for this or yeah. it's his fault for that or, yeah. you know, and let's just go ahead and get this one out on the table. Uh-huh. Um, and it is, um, you know, I think Trump has done a decent job mm-hmm. in certain areas. Okay. Okay. He's failed yeah. in some other areas. The thing that bugs me about Trump, uh-huh. and, and I really paid attention to this during the convention. Yeah. Okay. Is I just don't like the way he talks. Yeah. And I don't mean like in his mannerisms. No, no. Or, yeah. or what all the comedians make fun of him for mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't like the way that he addresses things. Yeah. And I don't, and, and it doesn't make him wrong. No. no okay. No, no. But here's the flip side of that. Uh huh. I grew up learning that you should respect a president. Absolutely. And you should, that that is one of the most honorable jobs you can have. Yeah. And when you, if you ever become president, you, you are humbled to be able to serve the, the people of the United States oh, yeah. and, and American citizens. And I always looked up to that position like, oh my God, that, that, they they got it yeah right and with him i'm embarrassed not not necessarily internationally and okay? it's funny you say that I am. because to push the point it's you know if you look back at our past presidents it's like clinton pervert george bush arguably a war criminal president obama little 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 friendly with the drone strikes there's always something that you can point back and be like god they are you know screwed up flawed individuals so what is it about trump for you that takes that to the next level to me it's it's his behavior that is absolutely directly opposite of what we try to teach our children interesting i try to teach my my son to talk to people with respect yeah treat people with respect Mm -hmm. you know and there's videos out there and everything else that show this but children are not born racist no they are developed and they they learn racism oh absolutely and i'm not saying trump's racist Mm -hmm. all right but what i'm saying is his rhetoric his tone and his what he says on national television which is uncensored in in a in a sense yeah yeah is even my eight-year-old son goes well dad that's not right and that's the interesting thing that i think trump falls into a trap of more often than not is it's not what he's saying it's what he doesn't say sometimes i i don't know it's what he says to me as well Mm -hmm. because when you're when you're a child or you're young you you take everything at face value that's true yeah right so if i tell you don't jump into this pool well, you're going to, you're going to take that at face value. Don't jump into this pool. What I'm saying is don't jump into this pool right here. Jump in over here. Yeah. Right. And and I kind of messed, messed that one up. I get what you're going for. But what I'm getting at is even my, my son knows yeah. that what he's saying is wrong. Mm-hmm. And yet nobody seems to be able to get him to take that into consideration. Yeah. And it's, I want somebody in that position right there that, Number one, I believe, is competent for the position. Yeah. And I'm not saying Trump's not competent. He's done some very amazing things. Absolutely. Especially the the peace agreement. 
um, you know, he's taken the fight to some people. He's pulled us out of some things that I don't think we need to be out of. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's really easy for you and I to sit back here and and go, oh, he did this right. He did this wrong. Shouldn't be doing that. We don't we're not in there. We don't know those intricate details. And you saying that just triggered the memory. I think of one of the first outrages against Trump was him withdrawing from the Paris Accord with climate change. And um, yeah, because on face value, it's really easy to get super mad about that because it's like, oh, you know, we don't believe in climate change. And unfortunately, in my opinion, as the administration's progressed, I I do think there's an anti-science rhetoric behind all of that. But at the same time, well, they're kind of showing that with COVID too. Exactly. But the Paris climate agreement or Paris Accord, it wasn't going to do anything like us withdrawing from that is we were just paying more than everybody else right? yeah and again it's like the harsh reality of climate change is if we really want to get a handle on it we're going to have to alter our life much more significantly than we've altered it for covid so i don't i'm not super optimistic you know that it'll be possible so it's small things like that where you're right you know people got so outraged against that when in reality I'm curious if a lot of people even knew what the Paris Accord entailed. Right. You know? And so, you know, that's kind of, that's what bugs me about him. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with him wanting to drain the swamp. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he has. Yeah. But I don't know that he hasn't either mm-hmm. because I don't know the swamp. Yeah. But what I do get mad about is, and, and it's as I teach my son to be humble uh-huh. or try to be humble. Yeah. And I te- try to teach him not to talk back. Uh-huh. Those are two anti-Trump situations right there. Yep. I mean, you had a tweet from your president just the other day that said, you are so lucky to have me be your president. Yeah. Well, wait a second. That's not humility. Yeah. If Barack Obama said that, imagine what would have been the outrage. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's what bugs me about Trump mm-hmm. is not in... It, what he says is wrong yeah. and his it, it, choosing to protect um, certain people yeah. or, or not uh, things are taken out of context. I get that. It's the not. And that's what I was saying when I was talking about the, what he doesn't say, you know, I think Charlottesville is the most, I was just about to example, go there, which is, you know, he didn't say he endorsed white supremacists, but he didn't just condemn them, which is well, such at an, the same time. He said there's good guys on both sides. Exactly. And that could be extrapolated to mean conservative and liberal. Right. But at the same time, it is somebody was murdered. Well, and but here's the difference in in the two. You have career politicians that are typically presidents. Yes. And these guys spend their whole careers being calculated with their comments. Yeah. You take a billionaire mm-hmm. who hasn't had to care. Yeah. What he said to who mm-hmm. or when and or his how. candor has attributed to his success right yeah and so i can see why people like him oh absolutely and why people follow him and and he's magnetic yeah I mean, let's be honest you and i are in the marketing industry he's one of the best marketers i've ever seen ever yeah and he keeps making product lines that that fail but i mean well the fact of the matter is is he keeps making the product lines because they're selling. You know, right. it's like maybe the marketing's on point and maybe the business breaks down at some point. But, but... that's part of my point mm-hmm. also is he has the ideas and he has the salesmanship, which is marketing, right? I, I'm selling you a product. Yeah. But he doesn't have the business acumen to, to follow that through. Now, he surrounds himself with great business people. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. Yeah. But in, in my humble one man view yeah. in, in Texas, which is a bleeding red state, mm-hmm. at least right now, yeah, <laughs> is that what he's doing, I mean, can you, you and I had this conversation the other day, people get the economy and the stock market mixed up. Absolutely. And I looked at my 401k and, and, um, or my retirement portfolio the other day and it was up and, and I'm sitting there and and in my mind, you know, you and I are having this, this podcast and you and I are having these, um, conversations and these different points of view. And in my mind, I'm sitting there going, well, but wait a second. Yeah. Like my portfolio is up and then, then I feel bad. And then I'm like, don't be selfish like that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of social injustice that still needs to be addressed. Yeah. And he's not addressing it. He's ignoring it or, Mm -hmm. or he's fueling it. Um, you know, he's taking a lot of, of different directions, but then I sat back and I looked at it and I go, that's exactly why people are following him. Yep. Because that's the most important thing to them. Exactly. It's there. It's that single issue. Mm -hmm. And that is something, you know, I've always had major issues with because Trump's touted the economy, his entire presidency. And it's like, as somebody who is, um, you know, I would say like pretty middle class, like across the board in terms of earnings and everything else, my lifestyle. Um, I have not seen any difference in anything. And I think the well, majority of Americans, if they actually looked at their hard finances, probably wouldn't have seen much of a difference in anything. Now, as but well. see, I did this year. In positive or negative? Negative. Well, I yeah. paid more in taxes than I've ever paid before. Interesting. And that doesn't make it right or wrong. No, yeah. But it's an impact on me, which is an impact on my decision making. Absolutely. And it's funny because you would traditionally think of, you know, a conservative or a Republican would result in lower taxes. So right. it's what what is, you know, the disconnect there? Because I think I'm just exist in the tax bracket that's like, you know, the, the medium. Like it's, it's never going to go up or it's never going to go down. It's just kind of like it's the middle of the road. And I think where a lot of people are scared on the Democrat side, you know, who are traditionally more in favor of raising taxes amongst the wealthy is they think that will somehow apply to their tax bracket when regardless of what party's in power, I would say 50% of the nation isn't going to see their taxes move one way or the other. Up until this year, uh-huh. I never saw a change. Depend- yeah. It didn't matter if it was a Republican in-house mm-hmm. or a, a Democrat. Yeah. I, it was the same. Yep. This year, I felt it. And, yep. and that... In an election year, that kind of spurs you to a decision-making mode. Yep. And so now changing gears just a little bit, what do you think of um, Trump on his foreign policy issues with China? And and we're going to have to talk at some point about North Korea and Russia, too. Absolutely. But uh, what, what do you think his his approach with China, has it been positive or negative for the United States? So... In terms of China, it is it's a hot button topic, and what I'll kind of express my opinions briefly, and I'm gonna get a ton of hate for it, but I think there's a reality that we need to start looking at is um, America is not always going to be king of the world. 
you know nations i can't believe you just said that i know it's nations rise and fall you know it's like nobody ever thought the holy roman empire would get broken up nobody ever thought napoleon's france would get broken up nobody ever thought that the british empire and the colonialism would get broken up and uh well i don't think america's going to get broken up i think we're naturally seeing what history has shown which is nations rise to prominence and sometimes they fall back into the back seat and then they'll rise again and right now you know what china's done um I, this is not speaking in terms of their humanitarian horrible horrible humanitarian things that they've done and also it's a dictatorship i'll just label it as such there's nothing communist about it um right. but it they've invested you know over the last 30 years 40 years where we've invested in our military they've invested inside of their country more concrete was poured in china last year than america has poured in the last 30 years seriously yeah which means wow. their infrastructure is running at all cylinders whereas ours is falling apart one thing I will say, Trump has committed to doing that and has not moved on it at all. And infrastructure well, is an important thing for me personally. Are they not able to do that because they don't have as much? And they may. I don't know. Uh -huh. But is it because they don't have as much fight in the global fight on terrorism? Well, yes. So but... they don't need as, as much military power. Like the, what you're saying yes. makes it sound like they're going, eh, we're going to concede the military side because we don't see a third world war coming. Not so much that as I think America is, I mean, we invest, you know, more in our military than the next five nations combined. And, and it's about to be more. Yeah. And it's very hard to actually rationalize that in your head. I almost made a Facebook status, like asking people to be like, can you explain like how we spend this money? And I, I think a great portion of it is actually, you can't explain it. And that's the point. It's military secret. $18.7 million, I believe Bill. goes to, um, the stars and stripes newspaper. Oh, great. Just thought you might want to know that. Great. Part. Yeah. So it kind of shows like where the funding's going in that instance. But I think China's, we're not going to stop them from becoming, you know, the powerhouse of the world is they're producing more exports cheaper than anybody else. They have a leader in place who is able to rule with an iron fist. And I think I would never want to live in China at all as a citizen, but I think that they will become the economic superpower of the world. So, and, oh, go ahead. And I, basically what I think Trump's doing is ignoring the fact that that's going to happen and hoping that a war or a well, conflict might come into play rather than just kind of trying to work alongside a train that's going 120 miles an hour already. But is he ignoring it by putting all the tariffs and trying to pull stuff back? I mean, it, it sounds to me like he's kind of trying to keep them at arm's length. I think that's the biggest piece is he – well, and I think a lot of that does play into COVID because, you know, him being hard on China will fall into the narrative that they are responsible for this, which by all means they are. That, you know, their cover-up early on definitely helped this virus spread at the level that it is, and they do need to be – have impact and face sanctions based on that. But I think it's been politicized into they, they, you know, they're the ones that did this to us and they need to, you know, kind of eat it. And it's not so much about them becoming a superpower in the world because right. it's hard. It's hard when it comes to China because they're an entity we can't destroy. You know, they're not like Iran where we could scud missile one of their top generals and they really can't do anything. You know, we have to play policy with them. So while we're on the topic of, of China, do you, it, I read something that, that Trump made some comments about 
um, congratulating them on their concentration camps and um, kind of in that direction. It, is there any truth to that? I think there is, but I, I also want to more so say than anything else is Trump is he's going to talk in language that he's used to. And I, I don't think he has any idea of the complexities of what is happening in uh, Western China right now with the Muslim minorities. And I'm sure he might have said something that just supported, you know, President um, – what's what's the Chinese president? Jiang Ping, I think. Jiang? Jiang? Sure. Uh, yeah, it's terrible that I don't know that. Um, but he probably – I could look it up, but our internet's down right that's now. That's true, yeah. I think normally, yeah, he'd probably like, yeah, you know, good, you know, keep doing it, doing that. And he didn't, didn't realize he just endorsed the genocide, which again right. – I have an issue with on an intrinsic level because if you're the leader of the free world, you need to know what you're talking about. Right. So that's where I don't believe the whole idea of people saying like, oh, you don't understand what he's saying. Well, it's like that's a problem. Right. If I'm not absorbing what he's saying, then it's like other people aren't too, so it's ineffective leadership. But do I really think that he's like happy that there's like a genocide of Muslims happening? No. So why do you think – why do you think Trump could be good for this country moving forward? I think if we look at what President Trump has done so far is he the markets trust him is what it comes down to. You know, at, at the end of the day, they respond to what he says in a powerful, powerful fashion. I've, uh, you know, been messing around with stock trading apps and it's just to see when he tweets something about a company like, yeah, it is one of the biggest indicators of what might happen. So financially, I have to believe that at a corporate level, he could really help major corporations kind of continue to succeed and be okay. And um, that might have that trickle down effect. You know, I'm not. But see, I have a problem with that. Yeah. I I mean, when when you and I are in marketing Mm -hmm. and when he did the whole Goya beans thing and took the pictures of those in the Oval Office, yeah, come on, mm-hmm. that's not what is that really what you should have been spending your time on? Was hey, I got this idea. Why don't you go and get Goya beans and mm-hmm. bring them into the White House and let's take a picture? I it know we also do, illegal too. But. I I know we have COVID going on right now and yeah. and we've got all these other issues happening, but hey, you know what I. Goya Beans is supporting me, so let's let's give out a little tweet to my millions of followers for free. Yeah, and and do that. So I that's I have an issue with, um, you know, if, if I wanted a president that was going to do that, then I would ask him to get in a NASCAR suit and wear brands all over him yeah. when he speaks. It's true, and I think my biggest issue with. Donald Trump is you can just poke holes through every stance he takes mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm voting for Donald Trump because he supports gun rights. Well, he passed more anti-gun legislation than Obama did in four years versus eight. Um, I'm voting for Donald Trump because of Christian values. And this is a man who has publicly cheated on his wife several times, has lawsuits with porn stars that he has had to pay out and lost because the proof was overwhelming in the favor of the victim in that instance. So then you have people that are championing foreign policy when the rest of the developed world's looking at us very incredulously right now. Um, so I just I don't I don't see I don't think there's one point I can get behind him and say that he would be best outside of just kind of the stock market economy. Yeah, and, and that's really kind of what what I was leaning towards as well is 
there's one issue. Yep. And it comes back down to what we talked about at the very beginning. The if you're gonna vote for Trump, you're choosing for your one issue yep. to be the economy slash stock market. That or abortion rights and whether that should be outlawed or kept, you know, or wage should be upheld. And I think that's where a lot of evangelical energy is coming from. Although we are starting to see the evangelical support of Trump fracture because, um, you know, there's just a reality to where if you want to be a religious individual, then you have to understand that there's bigger issues than just abortion on the table. Yeah. Who's governing you. It's, you know, for me to vote for Trump, I, do I think he's done a bad job? I don't think he's done the best job. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think he's done the worst job either. He's yeah. done some positive things. Absolutely. Um, again, it comes down to what he says, how he says it. But I also have to be able to get over the association of Epstein. Yep. I have to be able to get over the association of the porn star. Yep. I have to be able to get over the impeachment. Yep. I have to be able to get over the Russia investigation yep. and I have to be able to get over all of the just finger pointing. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things about the presidency is the buck stops here. Yep. It doesn't stop with Trump. No, it, it, it's it, a pass through with it, him. It drives me insane. Like, you know, when I, when I was struggling in work, when I was making a transition to, you know, starting managing projects more so than doing execution side, that was a really difficult time for me. And it was a new skill set I was taking on, you know, just like somebody who might have a new position as the president. But to be able to say, like, yeah, you know, I came out and I said, you know, I've never done this before and I boondoggled it, but I'm working hard to get, you know, get the wheels back on the road. And sure enough, just having that humility, you then offered me all of the help that I needed to succeed. And that's where I want to see our leaders have that same level of humility where if they don't know what to do, somebody in the room should. Yeah. Well, but... Then again, it's who you surround yourself with. Yep. And, and that's what I tell my son, bringing it all the way back around. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell my son all the time is you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And if you don't want to get in trouble mm-hmm. because of what everybody else is doing, don't hang out with those kids. Yep. And it's the same thing here. If you don't want to have everybody point your fingers towards all of this stuff, stop hiring cronies yeah. to just regurgitate your words exactly get some thought in there mm-hmm. he ran on um i listen to people yep and then i make a decision you're surrounding people with like minds yeah that's not listening to people no no but it's not. you know and but here's the thing when it comes down to it the the question i have to ask myself and, and i've wrapped wrapped that up again but the question i have to ask myself is can i get over all of those things yeah and the honest answer is right now i don't know yeah. That's scary to me. Yep. Because I like to think that I, I have more substance mm-hmm. than that. But that is something that directly impacts me. Now, the the social impact yeah. of, of all the issues and everything else are directly impacting all of us on a different level. Absolutely. And, and I'm not downplaying those. Yep. Okay. But as I get closer to retirement. Uh-huh my portfolio becomes more important to me yeah, because it's what I'm going to have to survive on. Absolutely. And as, as my son gets closer to college age years mm-hmm. and everything else, I know how expensive that is. I'm still paying on my student loans yeah. from when I went to college. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are the important pieces to me that I've, I've got to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And 
what it comes down to for me is uh, it will I vote for Donald J. Trump in this next election? I can safely say today, no, no. <laughs> it, it just it, I'm shocked. I know, and it's like obviously I'm left leaning, but I would have no issue voting for a Republican if they presented themselves in a fashion that I thought they would be effective leadership. And I understand that's a great point. I can I'm totally fine calling, you know, Donald J. Trump misunderstood or giving him, you know, the benefit of the doubt for taking on a job he had no experience for. But do I care? Like, is that a good enough reason to just call the last four years a mulligan and hope he does better the next four for me? No, no, no. And and that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm still undecided. Yep. So we'll, we'll figure it out maybe in the next episode. Who knows? When, when we talk about Biden. Yeah. So, well, thanks, everybody, for listening and tuning in. Again, if you like what you heard, uh, share it and click the subscribe button, and we will talk to you soon.